0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Gold to Go Kickoff Show. Um, so, remember how I said that I might be late because of a basketball game? Guess who doesn't know how to distinguish between a 29 and a 30, apparently? That game was not for today. It was for tomorrow. Wow, how could you have... I don't know how I could have figured out that a game wasn't at 2 o'clock on a Friday, but this also happens to be because we have, like, a couple of games on weekdays that are, like, at 11 a.m.? That's our opener and 1230. Yeah, so those are things. So yeah, I've just been doing a bunch of other stuff. So, let's get into this baby, shall we? As the only game this week is the Saints-Buccaneers game at 325 in the Superdome. Thank God LSU is off this week. I couldn't handle them disappointing me before getting curb stomped by Bama. That'll be a fun preview. So, Saints are back home in the Dome. It feels like we haven't been there all year. We've only been there once, and that let's not even try and talk about that game. Uh, That game was an utter disaster. This game could be an utter disaster as we are facing the Juggernaut Bucks. I mean, we did well against them in the regular season last year, but then the postseason happened. That wasn't exactly as great. Uh, The Bucks coming in, they're a little banged up. Yes, they are. The injury report just came out, and the Saints are not exactly looking, you know, the most healthy. Uh, final injury report is out. So, Andre Speed is out, likely for the season, actually. Dwayne Washington, he's been out for a while. He's out. Uh, Taysom Hill, he's still dealing with the concussion. He's out for this game. I don't know what his status is for the next game, but they are going to be very cautious with him. Uh, Peyton Turner, defensive end, he is out of this game. And then Deontay Harris, he is questionable for the game. He's been limited in practice uh, the past couple days, uh, so today and yesterday, and he didn't practice on Wednesday. Lattimore was also listed on there. He's been full practice the entire week. The Bucks, their injury list is long. So you've got the guy, there's only one person who's listed as completely out. That's Antonio Brown, which he was on crutches at one point. So I'm not exactly shocked by that. But you look at this, the guys that are listed as questionable. Jason Pierre-Paul, he hasn't practiced all week. Uh, so, he's listed as questionable. He's got the shoulder-slash-hand thing. That's according to the chart. Yes, it's right in front of me. Um, if you're wondering, Antonio Brown's dealing with an ankle thingy. D. Delaney, he's a defensive back. He's a cornerback. Uh, he hasn't practiced all week. He is listed as questionable. Levante David, the linebacker. He's got an ankle injury. He was limited in practice... On Wednesday and Thursday, he was full practice Friday, but he's listed as questionable, so we'll see about that. Rob Gronkowski's still dealing with the rib injury. He was limited all three days of practice for which we get designations, so he's questionable. And then Richard Sherman is still dealing with his hamstring. He's been limited the past three days. He's listed as questionable. The rest of the guys on here, Ndamukong Su, his knee injury has had it. He was lim—he did not practice Wednesday. He was full practice Thursday, Did not practice Friday, but he does not have a listed game status, so the rest of these guys are just going to be bare full. Uh, O.J. Howard, tight end. He was limited on Wednesday, but he's been full practice ever since. Jamal Jamal Dean, cornerback, he's got a shoulder-slash-thumb thingy, but he's been full practice all week. Giovanni Bernard, running back, he's got a chest thing, full practice all week. And then you got Anthony Nelson, linebacker, he's got an elbow thing, but he's been full practice all week. So that's the injury report thingy. Um, yeah. Man, I wish college had this, because, you know, that would be really helpful for the literally every single human being who covers it. I'm just saying that needs to be standardized. Do it. Just do it. Make that standard. It's not that hard. Um, yeah. So. How have the Saints been? Well, they just got back Mark Ingram. Yes, after being with the Texans for all of, I guess, a season plus... Uh, He's back in New Orleans. Uh, He was in Baltimore, then he went to Houston, and I was hoping at some point that maybe we'd be able to get him as a free agent. But no, we just gave away a 2024 seventh round pick for him. So basically, we got him for free. Like, what are they going to do with this 2024 seventh round pick? Crap, we've used seventh round picks on good players. But these are the Texans, and they are not a good organization. We are better than that. I'm not going to say we're a great organization, but. You could call us an organization. I don't know if you could call that, uh, you could use that term for the Texans because they are such a mess. And Mark Ingram, what does he bring to the team? Well, he brings the ability to move Alvin Kamara outside. So we've had some problems with the whole passing game, if you haven't noticed, by Kevin White existing. Kevin White is a terrible wide receiver. I think we've all learned this at this point. Uh, He can't catch, he can't run routes. We're dealing with one short... We're a little shorthanded at wide receiver. Lil' Jordan Humphrey, Uh, he tested positive for COVID alongside Ken Crawley, who was hopefully supposed to come back off of IR. Doesn't end up being the case. Um, So yeah, we need somebody to split out wide. Now, after the Seattle game, I think the easiest way to do that is just use Alvin Camaro. How are they stopping him? Nobody's been able to stop him. Just use him. He's been running the ball way too often. You look at his carries, and they're very high. He's the second most uh, rushes per game, only behind Derrick Henry. That's not good. He is approaching his career high very quickly. And I don't think he can handle it for that much longer at that pace. You bring in Mark Ingram, and that takes a lot of the load off of uh, Kamara. Because Ingram still got it. The Houston Texans don't have a great offensive line. And he's only averaging, like, 3.2 yards per carry. But, like... He's still got that explosiveness. He's, I think, only 31. He hasn't hit that annoying plateau that every running back seems to hit where 32 in their entire career falls off. You know, unless you're Frank Gore, in which case you manage to find a way to squeeze a couple years out of that. Um... So, he's still got something there. He can still be a workhorse back, but he doesn't have to be. He doesn't need to take 20 carries a game. He needs to take 14. He needs to get half of the carries that Kamara was getting. We need it so that Kamara can split out wide. Not only that, but he's a better pass blocker. He's the best pass blocking running back we have on the team right now. Like, Ozigbo, he ain't going to cut it Uh. Kamara is not a pass blocker, and yeah, that's it. We need to get back that power run game. Since Taysom Hill is out, we need to have somebody that was going to be in there. When we had Tony Jones Jr., that was supposed to be our guy, and he's on IR right now. So, Mark Ingram, why not? Plus, uh, we like to run screen passes, and Mark Ingram can do screen passes pretty well. Like, he was good at that. Like, I, I've said this before. The Saints had a lethal screen game with Breeze uh, there. And that started around 2011. started when we got Mark Ingram. And it was going well ever since. And, I mean, it kind of still has. It just, you know, it was peaking when we had Mark Ingram there. Because you really didn't know what was going to happen. That's the one thing. Like, and I'm noticing this with uh, Kamara. The same thing with Kamara. Sh- you, you want to avoid a Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is overused in the Panthers' offense. He gets about 30 touches a game, and that's way too many. And you look what happens. He gets injured. And then, boom, they die. That entire offense is dead, and Joe Brady's going to get fired because of it. Because they built an entire offense designed around having one guy. You don't have anybody else. Chuba Hubbard isn't cutting it at running back, and Sam Darnold has regressed hard Hard. He's back to where he was because he doesn't have his safety valve that takes pressure off of him because you always have to have a guy covering Christian McCaffrey. Once you remove that, you're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to get Sam Darnold. I'm going to cover a receiver. I don't have to worry about that anymore because there's no weapons. And the same thing could happen to the Saints. Everyone knows that Alvin Kamara is the engine of this offense. But if you can have him out there in pass plays instead of in run plays and you can get the number of touches he has to more equal but split, what you'll eventually have is that Kamara will be healthier longer or he's got a better chance of being healthier longer because pass plays are less uh, intense than run plays, especially because he's running the ball up the middle. like Against the, the Seahawks, like he ran the ball up the middle a handful of times and only got a couple yards on it. That's not where he excels. He excels in getting off tackle and then, oh, God, he's gone. Because he's an accelerator. He's not that power back. And we kind of had to force him into that role, especially recently. If Taysom Hill was here, this wouldn't be a problem. Because he's the power run game. But we don't. So you get Mark Ingram in. So that's the offense, and the offense is going to have to be clicking for this game to even go well. And I have the Bucs winning this, but it's going to be close. I don't think the 5.5-point spread is a very good one. I think this will be within 3. 3 to 4 points. But I think that the Bucs will still take it. The main reason for that is that I don't know if the offense can stay consistent. Defensively, okay. So I think we have the defense to do it. The defense is going to keep us in this game. Because the defense has been doing that basically the rest of the entire season. Save for the two losses we've had, which were both terrible. One of those, we didn't have half our coaching staff. And that was on offense, so that explains the offensive part of it. Like, defensively, we were just giving up plays. And the Giants' loss? I don't know what the hell happened to tackling, but it just completely ceased to exist. But now what you have is Quan is back. Uh, Davenport's back. Big deal, though. On Yamada's back. Yeah. He's back from suspension. And he is... He's hungry. Like, I've said this. He's looked that way. He looked that way in preseason. He looked hungry in preseason. Like, he wants to feast on quarterbacks. And if there's any quarterback that he'd love to get after, it's Tom Brady. Because... Yeah. If you can get after Tom Brady, you can destroy their entire offense. Because I don't think that the Buccaneers can win games when Tom Brady is under constant pressure. It's very difficult to do it. Because that's what we did against him uh, in the regular season when we beat him 38-3. Like, just absolutely destroyed him with pressure, took away the run game, which, granted, was also the fault of the Buccaneers not thinking, hey, this thing that kind of worked, what if we just kept doing it? No, that would be ridiculous. Let's just throw the ball a bunch and then throw a bunch of picks and then lose. Okay, then. You don't have to be stupid. But, if you get a lot of pressure, oh boy, it can be fun. Because Brady will go down. That offensive line, if you can stress it, it'll bend and break. And also, you don't have to worry about Antonio Brown. Mike Evans, this is the game... Every year, one of two, where Mike Evans just gets like three targets. Like that joke that Brady made about maybe I just won't throw you a touchdown pass. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore likes to make sure that's just a thing. Like, this is that game for him. And it's it's never pretty. Because Lattimore hates Mike Evans. It's it's not like he dislikes him. No, he genuinely it's personal. It's a personal thing. Ever since that freaking stupid game where Mike Evans decided to make an enemy, it's been Marshawn Lattimore's mission to make sure that Mike Evans never catches a- another football. Like, even in the divisional round when Mike Evans had a touchdown catch, that was his catch. That was one catch. He got one in that game. One. It was either one or two. Like, he has a touchdown, and he still doesn't even have, like, 20 yards on him. Like, Lattimore locks... Down Mike Evans. We've seen this over years. The one thing is granted, it is going to be Lattimore with one hand, but also, Lattimore with one hand is better than 90% of defensive backs with two. Like, if you've seen the way he's been playing recently, he has been an absolute beast. He's a ball hawk. Don't care that he gave up an 84-yard touchdown. Because guess what? If you actually look at the play, and I've said this multiple times, uh, he was shoved to the ground. He was shoved... (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. To the ground. Yeah. So, right. Blame, Blame Lattimore, you know, for giving up a touchdown that never should have counted. And then, of course, you have, you know, DeMario Davis, and Brady was talking about him on the Manning cast, that, like, DeMario Davis is one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL, and, like, yeah, he is. This is literally a game where you see the two best middle linebackers in the NFL. Devin White is the best middle linebacker that I think... I think that he's the best young middle linebacker, where you got uh DeMario Davis is the best experienced middle linebacker, best veteran middle linebacker. Uh These are the two best middle linebackers, I think, in the NFL. They are that damn good at what they do. And it is a fair. If you're a football fan, if you're a fan of defense... They are a joy to watch play football. They really are. And I I mean, yes, I have a little bit of a bias towards Devin White because what I saw at LSU was really good. Like he genuinely was the best linebacker I've ever seen play at LSU. And I knew it would translate into the NFL. And then when the Bucks drafted him, I was very saddened because it's like, oh, we have to go against him twice a year because I knew his abilities, and you've seen it. He's such a smart player, as is DeMario Davis. Like, really, it's the skill sets that are a little bit different, but they're just as smart as each other. They know how to read a play. And, yeah, that's fun. Um, I, I'm i really interested, also, in seeing how the new guy, uh, Brian Thompson, the kicker, He only had a couple... Like, he had three kicks in that game against the Seahawks. And they were all chip shots. I want to see what he's like under a little bit of pressure. Because that's where you really get to know about what you have. Because we don't have Will Lutz the rest of this year. And this is our ride. Uh, We have to use him for three games. That's another thing that should be noted. Uh, When we signed him, it's part of the thing is he's got to be on the active roster for three games. So he's got to show up. Because... After this week, he's got next week, and then his job is on the line for the rest of the season. So, you know, there's that whole thing. I think that the Bucs win, but I'm also getting this feeling that the Saints could do it. I feel like the Saints have the ability to do it. And a lot of people, I don't know if they think that the Saints do. That's the one thing that gets to me. It's the ability to do it, they are more than capable. They are more than talented. And, they're like, the team that beat the Packers 38-3 could still possibly beat the Packers right now. I'm not even joking with you. I think that that team could beat the Packers. I don't think they beat them 38-3, to but they would beat them. If they played at their best. If they played their best right now, I think they could beat the Packers. And that's how good I think that the Saints are. Now, granted, that's because the Packers are still a little injured. um, But I think they could beat them again. They just need to show that level, if not better. In fact, especially better. Because in that game, the Packers were making stupid mistakes. This is Tom Brady. He doesn't make stupid mistakes. You look at the last two games that we played against them in the regular season, they were making stupid mistakes. Hell, they made stupid mistakes against us in the playoffs. That game should not have been as close as it was. Honestly, we should have beaten them, but we kept giving the game away. They were not a better team than us in that game. We gave the game away there. We did not get outplayed in that game. We The clock ran out. That's honestly, I'm going to use the old Michael Jordan quote, uh, quote. He never got beat. The clock just was a little bit too short. I think we could have beaten them if we had another quarter. I think we would have beaten them. Because they were getting banged up at the end of that. And they just used the rest of the clock to their advantage. And also, Jared Cook couldn't catch. And with this game, I think that, that Dome is going to be raucous. It's going to be a very different environment than what was week one of last year. Brady has not faced what that is like. Because the Dome, in a hostile environment, when you are on the a division rival, that is different. Matt Ryan can tell you all about it. Alright? Jameis Winston can tell you all about it, frankly. Because he's been on that other side. And it gets deafening in there. Mark Ingram is back. That's another added bonus. Because when it comes to energy, Mark Ingram had all of it. It's the greatest duo. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. The greatest comedy duo from 2018. Reunited. That kind of energy in the locker room is really important. Um and Onyamata's back. I mean, the dude is a beast. When he gets through there, he can and will get sacks. And it it's bad. He's a bad man. That's why he got suspended for PED usage. Um. So yeah, all in all, this game's gonna be fun. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think that there's going to be a lot of great moments in there. I think this will be back and forth. I don't necessarily think it'll be high scoring. Uh, probably, I'll even give you two scores for this game just because I think the Saints can win it, but I don't think that they will win it. If the Bucks win this game, it's going to be 28-24. to 24. Again, they don't cover the spread. It'll be 28-24 to 24 Bucks victory. If the Saints win it, then the score is going to likely be 24-20. The Saints win this game if they can shut down the Bucks and force them to kick field goals. I win my fantasy game if they do the same thing. I'm just saying I need Ryan Suckup to kick field goals, and that would help me. I'm just saying, if they're kicking field goals, they may be scoring points, and they're scoring points for me, but not enough. We need them to kick field goals, not touchdowns. I need them to kick field goals, not touchdowns. Um, It's hard to kick a touchdown. (sighs) That was terrible. But, you know, I don't think that this game will be terrible. I think that anybody who's saying like, oh, the Saints are going to get rolled, um, you'll be surprised by what we're going to do. Unless there's something significant that changes during the course of the game, this is going to be a dogfight. It's a classic, old, NFC South rivalry between two teams that now hate each other more than ever. The Saints-Bucks rivalry has never reached this kind of intensity. It's not for first place in the division, necessarily. The Bucks have that on us. Um, wait, do they? Yes, they do. Because of half a game. So the Bucks have not had their bye week yet, so they would retain first place in the division. But if the Bucks lose this game, the Packers become the number one team in the NFL. And retain the number one spot, because technically they still have it. Um, if they win, they go back up top. It's a pretty big game. So that's going to do it for this one. I talked for 20 minutes about this game, because boy am I excited. I am very hyped up for this game. I'm going to be very disappointed, aren't I? Um, yeah, hee <laughs> hee. That's going to do it for this. Uh, If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, -S. P-O-R-T-S. Yeah. We're going to do a two-point conversion on Monday. We're going to do a stream on Tuesday, perhaps. We'll see if I'm doing anything on Tuesday. But if I'm not, I'll probably do something. Talk about stuff. We'll see. I'll let you know. But until next time. I've been Bench Looter. This has been the Gold to Go Kickoff Show. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, and until next time, bye bye.